Welcome to Facing Vert, both on trails and in life. I'm your host, Tara Jordan, and today I have with me Jonathan Eibach. And Jonathan just ran Hellbender 100. So we're going to talk about that a lot today and find out all the details of that. But I can't believe he's sitting here and he looks fresh and great. And it's only Monday and he just Mm -hmm. ran it Friday and Saturday. So welcome, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. I call you Ibok. So if I just refer to you as Ibok, then... That's what typically happens. (laughs) Yes. It's easier. Especially my husband's name is Jonathan. So it's just easier to say Ibok. Mm -hmm. But so how are you feeling? Pretty good overall. Um, Just... Trying to catch up on sleep mostly, but the legs are functioning. And I told you like how my heels are kind of the funny thing where I wake up and have to shuffle. But once I get going, I can move pretty well. So no running or anything, but uh, yeah, everything feels intact. Don't think I injured anything. Um, yeah, toes good. are pretty good. You know, no all, lost toenails. Consider- Might have one, but yeah, you know, all <laughs> all things considered, in pretty good shape. So. Happy to be intact. Which I am super jealous of because (laughs) after my hellbender experience, my feet were swollen. I couldn't walk very well for quite a while, but I'm a little jealous of how you're feeling. (laughs) But I'm so glad. Maybe it's because you got it done so much faster and you (laughs) you just got it out of the way. And so you finished in what this year? I believe the total time was 2116. Insane. Yeah, I'm super pleased with it. it's my third running of the race, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the course has been slightly different every year. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the first year where I thought it was going to be the exact same as last year. Um, it, it was, aside from uh, the Pinnacle So trail. they took out Pinnacle, right? Yeah, okay. but, you know, maybe half a mile, 12 minutes or so taken out. So, um, so that, you know, helped me get a little ahead of my time last year, but I was happy to, you know, beat my time by... Well, I think over an hour and a half. Right. So. I, I thought it was quite a bit. So yeah. what was your time last year? Uh, 22.53. 22.53. Yeah. And do you remember what your time was the very first year? 22.38. And that um, was a, almost a completely different course, very, right? Yeah, very different course. Um, you know, the first two years had the Lead Mine Gap Trail, which was a very difficult trail. Yes. I think those courses might have been a little shorter. It's hard to say. But more difficult, I guess. Maybe a little more climbing. Um, you know, now now that we have the Jarrett Creek Road to start and finish right. on, it's I think it's a little longer, but it's slightly more runnable. So mm-hmm. hard to compare the times, but uh, I think this year for me personally was hands down my best your best year. run and yeah. So the so the first year you came in second. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Okay, and so the first place winner that year was. Carl Meltzer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So if you don't know who that is, then, gosh, tell, tell me about him. <laughs> I mean, Speed Goat, yeah, she no, was Carl's, named after him. He's an icon in our sport, you know, and it's kind of funny to, you know, I love our sport because it's as much as it's rapidly grown, and I've even seen it grow so much in the time I've been in it, um, it's funny that we have little, you know, celebrities, quote unquote, um, but Carl's definitely an icon. You know, he's been doing it since the 90s, and... Uh, He's got a lot of cool claims to fame. I mean, he's won the most hundreds. Um, I don't know. It's like 40-something, 40, 40 right? yeah. yeah. And he's got this active streak of like 20 years in a row with a win, like at least one win. And um, But also, like, the more I learn about him, I kind of uh, 
really gained a lot of respect for him because I realized my approach to running and training is very similar where I, I believe like less is more basically where he doesn't train a whole lot of miles like he never really has. Um, but he's doing it longer, you know, more competitively than pretty much anyone else. And that's kind of what I aspire to be like and do this for a long time because I just truly love it. And I just, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's... So he came in first. He came in first. And he... I, I actually was talking to him during the start of this race because we'll he get was, to it. He yeah. was here again. But uh, yes. I was like, yeah, Carl definitely schooled me that year because it was my second 100. And although it went surprisingly well, like I, I pretty much ran three or four hours faster than I thought was possible. I was clueless, you know, in aid stations and just... How changed, long to spend? Yeah, changed like my that. socks a few times, changing shirts, just you know, trying to be so comfortable. Where now I kind of just realize you can more more or less suck it up and oh. run with wet socks. Like you know, I don't know. Little <laughs> I need things to learn like more that. about this. Okay. Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, if you have a blister or something, yeah, change your socks or address it. But if everything's good, you know, just keep moving. Just keep and, going. Um, but that that year, I, you know, spent probably like two hours in an aid station, and um, he finished. Like overall, two hours. Overall, yeah, yeah. It, uh, not okay. in one. Not single, in one. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he, I think he won by like forty minutes or so, and uh, so I think we ran similar races, but you he know, just spent less time. Yeah, at he. The I, I kept hearing about how efficient he was, and that's why I really appreciated what um, you know experience means in these kind of races. And speed is only one factor. Um, and in a mountainous hundred miler, it's an even smaller factor. Right. You know, experience and you know grit and just perseverance <laughs> just and it. patience. You know, those are the biggest qualities, and that's definitely what I tried to focus on this year. Um, so that first year was it? Was it your goal to? Were you trying to win? Were you trying to podium? Did you? Was that even in your head? No, honestly, okay. I. If funny enough, Carl and I ran Penhody. I, I say together. Quote that was unquote. your first hundred. Yeah, okay. only like six months prior to that, and Pinhoti was actually my qualifier to run Hellbender, um, and I I was coming off an injury, but I was very undertrained and basically walked the last fifty miles. And but Carl was like five hours ahead or something. Oh, gosh. So when I found out he was going to be running Hellbender, I mean, I you know just assumed that would probably be the case again. I was you know aiming for like twenty five, twenty six hours. The race hadn't been one run yet so um oh that was the very first, very year. first year yeah so no one really knew what was possible we really thought 24 hours might be kind of the barrier that would be hard to crack um because i mean just the the parts around mount mitchell are so difficult mm -hmm. that we thought it would be a really slow time but as we've kind of learned you know the race does have a lot of forgiving areas where you can make up time later right. in the race so um no, it was a huge surprise to be like trading the lead with him earlier in that race. And uh, I remember Clay Warner actually looking at me. He almost like grabbed me on the parkway at like mile 12 and was like, he's just like, run easy. Or he was just like, calm down. Like, it's okay. <laughs> I'm just like, I think I'm calm. Like, I'm <laughs> he could just tell. That no, you... I mean, he, he knew. I mean, like, I was like, it was kind of surprising, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, what am I doing up here with Carl Meltzer?" You know? <laughs> I should and, not be this close. Yeah, and um, but you know, I tried to just stay comfortable. You know, I had a rough point in the middle of that race, but I actually closed it out fairly well. well and ironically, I think 
all the time I did spend in aid stations, you know, they, those were points where I kind of rested and was able to run faster. So, what was your trouble point at that? Um, I think it was in the middle of the race, like you know, just up on the crest trail and culverts, which we can talk about. I mean, this year even being my third time, and I've you know, so those are my slow. favorite trails. I've been out there you know, dozens of times, it's just, it never gets any easier. No. And it was dry this year, um, at least for me. Um, it rained shortly after that when I was coming back up the Buncombe Horse Trail. But it's just so tough and brutal and, um, you know, you, yeah. You can't even explain that trail. I, yeah. I've tried to, and, and it's it's difficult to unless you're experiencing it. It's showing it's downhill, but it's really not. There's so many yeah. steep little climbs, and then of course you're climbing down ropes and mm. it's roots just and so rocks. And slow. even if you want to run, you just can't because you no. you need to make sure you don't face plant, right. you know, and trip <laughs> on a root. And uh, I was talking to my wife Danny about it. Like, there's kind of some funny points in the trail where like there's like a flat section, and for whatever reason, I guess this is where like water will collect, and it's like this 30 foot long smooth dirt spot, you know, where like you know, puddles collect and dry, and you're like, it's such a reprieve. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to run for eight <laughs> seconds, and then you come up to this wall of rocks, just like, all right, time to start scrambling on all fours again. And there's no rhythm that no. you can gain yeah. on those trails. So it's, you know, there's really, like, there's a 50K I like to kind of think about in the middle of Hellbender from, like, Snooks to Colbert's. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's 50K, but it's probably got... 10 or 12,000 feet and super technical, but even just the 14 mile stretch from uh, the Mount Mitchell Trail t- to the bottom of Colbert's um, is just, you climb almost 4,000 feet up. You've got the Crest Trail, which is just unbelievably tough, and then you drop almost 4,000 feet down. Mm-hmm. All of it is just so rocky and like just gnarly. So, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, back to the 2018 race. I guess that was a tough spot, and that's where Carl really opened up the gap and from there kind of held on to it. So, um, and didn't you have an, <laughs> I think I remember the story. I think it was from that year. Didn't you fill your bottle with, oh, <laughs> what, was that that year? Oh, so yeah, I had no crew or pacer that year. Okay. And I come into Curtis Creek that year was mile 80 ish. And, uh, my sister Megan, she's a wonderful personality, like the most outgoing, energetic person I know. And I'm coming down the road, you know, it's already dark. And I hear start hearing a voice and I'm like, Megan? Like, like she's not <laughs> supposed to be there. Like, no one's I'm not expecting anyone to tell the finish. And I'm like, that sounds like Megan. Am and I, I hallucinating? <laughs> yeah, I come up to the A station. She's chilling there with a, a beer. Uh <laughs> ironically hanging out with Carl's wife. Like, gave her a beer, is like, you know, chatting it up and like and that was the B group aid station. Yeah. Uh, obviously we can talk about the B group. So I don't know. I've probably stayed there for like 10 or 15 minutes, but I'm changing my socks and I had all these packets of uh, uh, Guroctane powder and it's it's just a white powder. But I also had baggies of foot powder to dry off my feet and it said foot all over the bag. I wrote <laughs> the word foot like 10 times for me, you know, so I would know. And uh, Megan goes and grabs my bottle and uh, comes back with my drink and it's like, kind of pinkish instead of purple. And I'm like, that's weird. And I like, I don't even know if I took a sip, but I mean, you know, it, like, well, it was foot powder foot in my powder body. In, <laughs> in your drink. So I had to mm. go get a refill on that. And But yeah, that was, that was a comical moment of that race. So, but 
And what was the weather like that year? Perfect. Yeah, it was. It was so it was about a month earlier. Um, it was mid it was third week of April. Yeah, I think the high was maybe seventy, but sunny all day. You know, lows. It was chilly at night up top, like maybe mm-hmm. upper thirties. But I mean, as long as it, we were, it was it was dry. So honestly, that was that's the best weather year yet. I'd say um, this year was. We can talk about it. Even though we got a bunch of rain later in the day, it was actually kind of perfectly was, timed this year. It was pretty beautiful. It was more of a reprieve from the heat. Right. And no thunder. So. Right. So yeah. second time you did it was last year, mm-hmm. 2022. And the year you, you did it. And yeah, yeah, the year I did it. Mm-hmm. And you won that, did, that, yes. that year. And Carl wasn't in it that year, was he? He had signed up. Um, yeah, he didn't. Mm-hmm. He dropped out. He had a or, back issue and... Um, I actually, yeah, it was kind of a bummer. You know, I wanted to see him, but so I was super happy he came back this year. I actually saw him out in Colorado. Uh, I did, I didn't finish, but I ran Run Rabbit Run last year, and he runs an aid station at mile thirty or so. And I was already kind of having a rough day, and I come up and see him, and I'm like, Carl, like uh, we actually hadn't really met in 2018. We ran together a little bit, waved to each other, you know, on this out and back, but. He had left before I finished, so I was like, Carl, and I introduced myself, and he puts his hand on my shoulder, and he's like, I know you, and <laughs> I was told him we missed him at Hellbender, and he told me about his back or whatever was happening, so, uh, and then, nice. yeah, this year, didn't really expect him to show up. I didn't even I, know he was yeah, coming. I heard a rumor, though, that he was had been contacting the, the race, and so he... And he came. He, yeah, so... So experience in 2022, what was kind of... Summarize that one yeah, compared to um, 2018. Did you feel more prepared for this one? I thought so. And um, ironically, you know, I, winning the race was super special and, you know, easily like the highlight at that time of like all my ultras. But quietly I was like a little disappointed because I was a little slower than my first year. Um, I really faded hard in the last 30 miles. Mm. Uh, it just happened to be a race where some of the front runners had um, had to drop out. Um, but I, did, I didn't know that, you know, going into the later miles. So I, where I was walking some of the downhills, I just kept expecting a headlamp to show up behind me and um, kind of just was fortunate it didn't happen. So winning was extra special. It was a great year, and it was a tough year. We can talk, you know, about the weather. weather. That was a huge factor last year. Did you, so it started out with rain, of course, yeah, you when know, we, we started. Yeah, we stepped out <laughs> into pouring. a downpour, yes. 4.30 in the morning, just really unnerving, and uh, was decent weather on all day until I was getting up on Mitchell when the first thunderstorm hit. So it did hit you. Right, yeah, right at 6,000 feet. I was, I was feet. pretty far behind you at this <laughs> point, but. Not too far. You did great. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but. Uh, so you were on top of Mitchell when the thunderstorm. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly and it was already getting cold but you know just kept moving and was able to stay just warm enough all day and so through the crest trail did it did you get any hail no it, it wasn't as bad as like the big line i guess that came later mm-hmm. and i knew you know i like to keep an eye on the weather um going into the race and i knew we were going to get like a later you know a big line at some point mm-hmm. so my goal was to try to, to try to get through those difficult sections and off the mountain. So I was actually back in the lower elevations for that later round where everyone got, you know, the hail and crazy winds up on the crest. But 
What was it like for you on the Buncombe Horse Trail? Because, I mean, for me, that's when the temperature really dropped. The wind yeah. was crazy. I got really cold. And I know a lot of people had to drop there. But what was it like for you when you hit the Buncombe Horse? Do you remember? I think that was in bet- I hit it, like, between the storms. And I actually, when I got down to Colbert's, it was, like, sunny, partly sunny, mm-hmm. you know, a break. Um, so it was a good chance to warm back up. Um, and then the next, the big line didn't really hit until I was fortunately coming off of Buncombe. So I was back down okay. in the, you know, 3,000 foot elevation range because it's just such a difference, mm-hmm. you know. In weather. Between, yeah, three and <laughs> 6,000 feet, like, yeah, completely. It, the rain might actually be enjoyable at the lower elevations, but True. when it's raining on you on Mitchell, it, even in the middle of summer, it's going to get cold, it's going to get windy. So, yeah, last year I had a lot of challenges and... What were some of those that you felt caused you to start walking or not feeling yeah, good those I, last I mean, thirty miles? Hard to say. I just, I just got really tired. I don't know if I maybe should have caffeinated more. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely focused more on that this year. Where you know, I, I try to wait till later in the race to finally use caffeine, so it's like more effective, and it's just that like second wind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely worked this year. It just. More or less, it didn't, you know, it doesn't really make your legs feel better. It just kind of gets your head back in the race and makes you want to, like, you know, keep Go. moving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was super helpful this year. But yeah, last year I just faded, and uh, it's hard to run, you know, in front all day, um, feeling like you're being chased. It's not as motivating as I was able to do this year, which was chase somebody, which we can definitely talk about. Um, it's a lot more fun to be the one chasing than being chased, but. Um, so yeah, the last third of the race or so was really just kind of hanging on and surviving more than pushing. Um, but But, yeah. But you won and you made it. Yeah. And and you recovered pretty well after that one? For the most part, yeah. I had a little foot issue and I had run rabbit run like four months later. Um, so I kind of, I felt the pressure to jump back into training pretty quickly. Um, I biked for, you know, close to a month and really appreciated that um, and then started trying to run. But, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's maybe not the best to have a race, like, right after. That was another 100? Another 100, yeah. Um, Yeah, so this year I, you know, we've got our, we have a baby on the way, which is awesome. We are expecting in July, so that's the next big adventure, and um that's but, your next hundred. <laughs> yeah, my next, yeah. This was the warm up for sure. So, but physically, there's no like you know big race on the books, and it's great. I feel no pressure to get back into it. You know, I'll walk the dog, you know, maybe ride the bike or paddleboard. You know, just enjoy the summer. And um, that's one thing I love about spring races is like you get to train through all the like months. You know, where there's typically is less activity. Um, keeps me motivated, but then yes. I like to be done with it, you know, in May or whatever, so that I can enjoy the summer. The whole summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Run Rabbit Run was in, it's in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And what made you sign up for that one? Really, it was just, uh, I wanted to get out west and, you know, do a western mountain race. And was that, that your one, first one out mm-hmm. west? Um, you chose 100. <laughs> I know, of course. Yeah. Might as well, yeah, get your money's worth. Well. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, right. Uh, it was a great setup because my sister actually lives in Colorado, so she joined my wife Danny uh, as crew. And, but also, like com- from a competitive standpoint, I really wanted 
to join it because it's there's a big prize purse in it, which attracts a lot of top runners. And so, what do you what do you get for oh, it's winning that a one? lot. The winner, male and female, gets like fifteen grand. Wow. Yeah, and it pays all the way down to like seventh place. Um, it's pretty cool, but it's a it's a nonprofit race, so they they like you know they donate you know basically an equal amount to charity as well. So it's a really cool race. Really cool atmosphere. It's in Steamboat Springs. Um, it's, yeah, I, I, I do want to go back and do it someday. Um, it was actually going to be the plan for this year, but once we were pregnant, we, right. it was like, what can I do locally? You know, <laughs> help under just fit perfectly. And, um, but was it not, the elevation with that one that that got you? I mean, how, how did that? Yes. Um, yeah, so or the I'd, altitude, I guess I, you should Yeah, say. altitude. So it, it starts around 7,000 feet. You go as high as... 10.6, so it's not crazy high, but coming from, you know, 2,000 here, 2, here uh, it's definitely a jump. And I, you know, I trained in heat and humidity as best I could. Um, definitely had a tough build up to the race. Um, we, my wife and I got COVID about a month before the race, and mm-hmm. it was our first bout with that, and it was uh, pretty rough. And mm-hmm. definitely, I, I felt like I recovered from it, but I think it was probably a factor. But yeah, but in the race we got up to 10,000 feet, that was my very first time running at that altitude, so it was kind of a huge unknown, and it's definitely a factor, and uh, I will say I, I should have just started super slow, because that race is so competitive, and people just go out way too hard, mm-hmm. and even though I was back in like 25th place or something, I mean, there's, you you know, that's what I'm really appreciating about hundreds, is if you are trying to be competitive, like, you can, you can start really slow, and run your own pace and just let the excitement kind of calm down and work your way up. But in this case, I felt like I pushed it a little too hard and started having a rough day around like mile 20 with nausea. And mm. um, But, you know, persevered and got all the way to mile 70 uh, back in Steamboat Springs and was coming back up the mountain. And, uh, yeah, the altitude kind of hit again around 9,000 feet, like the feeling of just... You know, you're breathing through a straw is how a lot of people describe it. It's just, like, hard to take in air. And um, what really got me, though, was the cold. It was right around freezing. Ooh. It had been raining raining and oh. hailing on and oh. off all day. It was a bad weather year. That yeah. was horrible. I think it was, like, a 50% drop rate. And uh, I get back up to 10,000 feet, and I had been moving so slow suddenly that I couldn't maintain any body heat. I had all my warm layers on and my rain jacket, and then to add insult to injury, it rained one more time at like four in the morning at 10,500 feet. And I just got soaked and so cold and made it to this aid station and broke out my uh, space blanket, which I had never used. I've had it for like 15 years. <laughs> and I break that thing out and it's just this tattered like piece of thin plastic and it was completely worthless. Did it have holes and everything Basically, in it from it being like, wrapped up I for so long? I never took it out and it right. was like completely <laughs> like worthless <laughs> and um, yeah so I unfortunately dropped and was lucky to get a ride back to town at that eight station where they gave me a real space blanket and I was like oh my god this thing's <laughs> this so is so warm. This like, is what it's like. So I now have that space blanket stowed away and um, so yeah, it was, and it's so exposed. I'm I'm assuming yeah. if it's the mm-hmm. Colorado, I mean, all our trails yeah. are just you don't have anywhere to hide or no, yeah, you're shelter. not quite above tree line up there, but it's it's very open for sure. Uh-huh. So and um, but a beautiful course. I mean, yeah, I can't wait to go back and 
give it another go. Um, and we'll go out a little earlier and try to acclimate. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, that's I've had two DNFs for hundreds, and both of them kind of weather related and just being feeling ill prepared. What was your other hundred? That you uh, the Brazos Bin hundred in that Texas. One? That was okay. going out of my comfort zone. It's a completely flat. Oh. 100 uh, south of Houston, or sorry, north of Houston, south, I can't remember. Um, yeah. <laughs> Some, somewhere in Texas. <laughs> Down in southern <laughs> Texas where even in December it can be 80-something degrees Ooh. and 100% humidity. And, uh, and that's what it was. That's what it was. And we came from, you know, here it had been winter and absolutely zero heat, heat training. And I go down oh. there and, um, yeah, just melted, just got burnt by the sun like and it's a 16 mile loop so you can't see your crew for like you Ever. know constant heat management and i just got roasted and <laughs> walked it in to mile 50 and and i just i was there to be competitive and like see how fast i can do 100 mm -hmm. so i just felt my drive to finish like wither away i was like i looked at danny i was like i'm this is just not fun like Wait. i i was like I've, I've walked in 100 miles before like i don't want to do it like let's Call it a day. Let's go back to the Airbnb and go to the beach. Like I, I uh, cool it off. Was, it was disappointing, but at the same time, I was like, I just know it's not worth it. So no, that sounds absolutely yeah. miserable to me. But you know, any DNF though, you come out of it wanting to get some kind of redemption. So mm -hmm. I will do another flat hundred someday. Maybe not but that one. Maybe not. And yeah, that kind of Was there any, weather. I mean, a little bit of elevation or literally no. just pancake oh, flat. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Gate. And uh, it's in this state park where there's, there was like a 14 foot alligator just like blocking the trail at one point. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a really beautiful, cool place and a super fun running community. It's, it's a giant race. They've got like a 50 miler, Marathon, half marathon, and everyone's running at the same time. Um, it, it was a really cool atmosphere to be in, but I just was, I, you know, I'm better at hiking mountains, mm -hmm. and I just hadn't trained properly and came into that race. So, what year was that? Um, twenty twenty one, actually, I think. Yeah. So the twenty twenty two Run Rabbit Run just kind mm -hmm. of started your training, I guess, again for Help Under this year. Yeah. No, and, and no, that's. You know, I, I definitely believe in finishing, you know, for, you know, just for the sake of finishing. I mean, that's, like, I have so much respect for people who push through lows. And, I mean, I've had to do it in my first 100. Like, it, it feels so rewarding. Um, but I'm not afraid, you know, to accept the failure of it and come out of a race, you know, still intact. And mm -hmm. it kind of felt like that after Run Over Run, where... Even though I did 76 miles, I kind of had a rough day, so I went, you know, a lot slower than I, you know, to Normally my would. potential. So I actually came out of it in pretty good shape. So I was able to kind of keep the base going and roll that into this year. And really that was my focus for Hellbender was having a much larger running base than I ever had before because my focus this year was like 100% on those later miles and closing out the race and which I was able to do and so what's your what is your training? I mean, when I see when I look at your Strava, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how does he do a hundred? <laughs> because it, you you seem to do shorter mm -hmm. distances. You climb a bunch yeah. in most of your runs, yeah. even with your dog. Mm -hmm. And and so I'm assuming that is the strategy is short runs, but make sure there's a lot of elevation. Is that is that yeah, the strategy or no? It's more so like 
putting less, putting zero pressure on the easy days. And um, yeah, I, I guess my overall volume in the past, um, it's kind of been a, like being a little lazy at times of just like not wanting to <laughs> make this like a job, you know, or an obligation. Mm-hmm. Like my f- number one priority is to enjoy this, to love it, and never feel like I'm doing it you know, because it's an obligation. And, um, but this year I, you know, I wanted to really up the volume a little bit, but that really included a lot of slow, easy miles. And my dog is great for those because we'll, you know, we'll just walk up the road. We live in a great neighborhood that's at the base of a, you know, small mountain, but there's a trail up the road that has a really steep section on it. So even on my easy, you know, two or three mile runs with him from the house, you know, I'm getting that practice of, you know, speed walking up a road grade and then I hop on a trail and it's, I get to hike up a, I don't know, it's probably a 30% grade at one point. And I really, yeah, I felt like every single week for the whole block was more or less equivalent to Hellbender's overall, like, um, you know, amount of climbing for the week. So where I do some runs that are way steeper and I do some that are much flatter, but overall you're kind of averaging out and the keeping a continuous stimulus of um, vert that's similar to Hellbender. So, um, but yeah, I, the easy runs, I really appreciated this block. Like I never really believed in a recovery run. You know, I always kind of thought that term was kind of like uh, counterintuitive where I'm like, a recovery run, like if you're trying to recover, shouldn't you just not run? And, <laughs> right. uh, but I now really appreciate that you know you can you can keep a aerobic stimulus um, running very easy, but that means like very easy. My run runs with my dog. You know our great adjusted pace. You know according to Strava will be you know 11 or 12 minute pace. I mean walking and jogging. But I feel like that just better sets me up for the harder days, and I definitely try to do more interval training in the base of this block and and you know do some pretty hard mountainous longer runs later what was too. your longest run uh but i did a 50k on the hellbender course and did it um basically from like the Jarrett creek trailhead so i could finish on the last 13 miles of the course because Smart. That's where I really didn't finish well last year, and I wanted to um, really prioritize that this year. So that was good practice. But um, other than that, I think I did a 20-miler and you know some 18, 16-milers. I really didn't put pressure on the long run. It was more of like just a daily, you know, very few days off, like even if it was just a two-mile walk-jog with my dog, just keeping a continuous stimulus of running um, at low intensity, but what did you do the week before or the week of, uh, oh, the week of just some, I mean like a short little, yeah, like a six mile run, five mile run, and then two miles with my dog or something. Um, but yeah, I, so my, I guess I still feel like I trained, you know, less than a lot of people probably do for this block. But for me, it was a big jump. Overall, like weekly mileage was probably about a 20 to 25% increase. And I started this base in January where other times I've either been hurt or just not into it yet. I don't start till February or 
Um, so it was a longer training block. Um, and my peak peak week, I think, was like 68 miles with 16,000 feet. Um, and that was about five weeks out. And from there, I just kind of was forced to taper a little sooner. Uh, I did feel some fatigue in my legs. It was just, you know, odd, like, aches in my hamstrings and quads, which actually did linger into the race where at mile 30, I just, my legs felt heavy all day to start the race, but Mm -hmm. I was moving well, so I thought it was fine. But that feeling just kind of dissipated. But no, yeah, it went kind of went away where, Oh, it went away. As it turned out, my legs felt great late in the race. And I, I was running some of these uphills that I definitely walked last year. And, uh, only thing that made me start walking again was like, you know, you still have 20 miles left. Like, don't run too <laughs> hard. Don't actually crash and burn now. But um, I think that extra volume definitely paid really off. Really helped. So. And you also did the, didn't you do the, um, was it called the Black Ma- Mountain Marathon? Did the, you do I that? did the challenge the in challenge. February. So that it was a good, you know, I, I like putting in a early race to kind of spark the training. Mm-hmm. Like, keeps you honest. Like, felt like I needed to train a little bit in January. To make sure I could do this, you know, forty mile race in February. Uh, but after that, the only I did Seven Sisters twenty five k, which was a fun little yes. tune up. It was not the best timing on my block. It was literally the week after my peak week, and I get to oh. the first climb, and it, I was my legs were just you could feel dead. It. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it still went pretty well, and it was a good little fitness check. But I didn't want to put any pressure of like a big race in the block. Um, so, yeah, I really just kept the focus. 100% on Hellbender. So now we get to the day of Hellbender. Yeah. How did, how did you feel that morning? Did you sleep? I did, actually, okay. yeah. Uh, I think like four and a half hours, which for a 4.30 a.m. start, I mean, that's about all you can that's, hope that's for. Good. Yeah. So, so what time did you get there? Like four o'clock, yeah. Um, right before? Yeah, pretty much. And what the weather at that point was? Uh, it was great, yeah. Yeah. Um, we didn't expect any rain, you know, all day, and it really worked out. We got some showers starting, like, eventually in the late afternoon, and then definitely rain in the evening. But was it uh, in the probably sixties in the morning? Or it was, yeah, right at sixty degrees. Um, really comfortable start. So a lot different than the year before. Yes, <laughs> yeah, no, it was much more enjoyable. So talk talk us through through your day, or well. Couple of days. Well, no, just a day. Yeah, a full, not yeah. even a full day. Yeah, almost. That's full day, insane. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, start from the beginning. Yeah, so I really tried to make it a point to not go out with anyone that might go out fast and kind of hang back. And uh, I hung back with Sam Reed, you know, the 2019 yes. winner, yes, and Sam. and actually Carl. We were running together for a bit. Um, a guy, Randy from Brevard, who mm-hmm. I, think, I think he got like fourth overall. But we, yeah, we're all just kind of hanging back. And uh, Were Tim, there people that went ahead of you that just... A couple, yeah. And okay. Tim, uh, the guy who won, who I've I'd luckily got to meet and get to know before the race, he went out uh, pretty hard and, you know, held <laughs> it down all day. And But he was gone, and I was like, oh, like... Oh. Well, it's, I, gotta, I, just, I told myself before the race, I got to let, you know, whatever happened, I'm here to... You know, start slow because Hellbender is the way it's set up. It's just so tough in the first half and so runnable in the back half if you have the legs. So early on, it was just trying to be super relaxed and just making sure I could talk. And we just talked the whole time um, through Jarrett Creek with Sam. And 
you know, I felt like I was, wasn't even heart like remotely out of breath. So was, that's a great feeling. You're like, this is what I should be doing. You know, we're running. This is we're running these uphills a little bit, but this is in no way, you know, taxing on my body early on. And then we got to heartbreak, and that's where I started uh, drift away into second place. So, uh, ironically, so similar to moving. last year, I was on my own for 90 miles, basically 90-something miles, but at least there was someone out in front of me that mm-hmm. I could, you know, mentally chase. So um, so that's when you separated yourself, was mm-hmm. it, on heartbreak? Yeah, and it just, you know, it just kind of happens. I didn't feel like I increased my effort any. It's just the, you know, we start to spread out. And, um, but from there, it, you know, we start going up Heartbreak Ridge and had a gorgeous sunrise to the east, just red sky. Um, mm-hmm. Although, you know, that old adage, like, red sky in morning, sailor take warning. Uh, I mean, some <laughs> rain's gonna coming come. <laughs> later. Yeah. But didn't think about it then. I was just soaking up the, the beauty of it all. And the birds are chirping. And it's, you know, last year was rain and fog and you couldn't, couldn't see, see anything, any, yeah, mm-hmm. nothing at all. So this was beautiful start. Uh, we didn't get to go up to the top of Pinnacle, which was kind of a bummer. But at the same time, when we cruised right by the trail, it's like <laughs> kind of nice to be like, all right, let's start going downhill and, uh, you know, go down Bald Knob Bridge and Newberry Creek. And it's just one long downhill. And uh, I definitely wanted it to be a priority to filter a lot of water, um, mm-hmm. really focus on extra hydration this year because it was I would say it was probably the hottest year yet um so I filtered a little bit coming down Newberry but otherwise you know just and you take two bottles I I have like three Three soft glass bottles and then I had um so I have a waist belt I had all my like in this case it was Gatorade but like all my calories stored uh, in little baggies in that belt and on the back, I had my water filter, which was like a 25-ounce reserve. So if I needed to, I could really, you know, go from 55 ounces of water to 80 um, mm-hmm. in the hot sections. So I wanted to I wanted to never feel like I need to, like, you know, ration my water or anything. And there are times where I did because you expect a creek coming up or culverts. There's usually a creek at the top, and it was like a trickle. So there, was, there were points where I couldn't filter like I expected, but uh, but early on I wanted to filter and stay on top of hydration, knowing that it was going to warm up really quickly. Is and there a certain amount of ounces that you're trying to get within an hour? No, or? I, I really don't. I roughly know, you know, the calories and ounces I'm consuming, but I, I don't do it on any kind of schedule. It's all by feel. Um, I, I can feel my, as soon as my stomach kind of like that, like hint of a growl, it's like, okay, time to take in some calories or you know, take a big sip of Gatorade. That's so what What do you, do you carry any food? I carry, like, this was very simple this year. I just had Gatorade and uh, these little, actual, like, kids' little cliff bars. Like, they're they're a little sug- more sugary and soft. Are really. They, they're, they're, but they are cliff bars? Yes. But they're just They're like cliff ones. kids. Yeah, okay. I love them. Oh, I know what you're talking about. They're like oatmeal bars. Because um, otherwise I'll do, like, cliff bars, but they're harder to get down. They're, like, really hard and Very drier. Hard so I, I think I had like three of those during the whole race. So that was only 450 calories of solid food. And then probably what? six to 8,000 calories of Gatorade. <laughs> so. And it's, did, I just think that, I mean, I've heard this before that you, it's, it's mainly calories that you're drinking versus yeah. eating. Do you not get hungry? No. So I just feel like I need about, <laughs> solid food. Yeah. So the big uh, epiphany or just, 
happened for me, like I think it was the 2017 Western States or something. It was a really hot year, and Magdalena Boulay got second for the women. And it was a hot year where it just people just were dropping like flies late in the race. And she, you know, took her time and ends up getting second. And then comes out and says she had nothing but Gouroctane the entire race. So she drank 100% of her calories. And I was like, you can do that? Like, what do you mean? And But finally realized, like, you know, when you have a goo, you're basically just drinking a dehydrated Gouroctane drink, more or less. You know, it's it's sugar with some water, but it's you feel like it's solid food, but it's still just sugar. So this is basically just when you make it as a drink, you get to – you know, it's it's still the same amount of sugar, more or less. But you're you're, I guess, titrating is the scientific Ooh. term. Yeah, yeah. I remember that from my chemistry days. <laughs> but you're you're basically just slowly dripping in calories all day versus throwing a hundred or two hundred calories at once on your stomach. So you can, yeah, it's it's just a steady drip of calories all day versus you know pulses of like heavy calories. So, so yeah, for 2018 Help Under, that was like my first big go. I had done some other efforts with all Guroctane, but yeah, that was my first race where I did almost all Guroctane. Um, but last year, I did have some stomach issues with my Guroctane, and I uh, kind of started to think that the sugar molecule they use, is, which is like mal- maltodextrin, it's a little more complex of a molecule. You like, sound very smart right now. I, I'm trying to learn. <laughs> I don't know if I'm always accurate, but basically it's a it's a bigger molecule, so it takes your body a little longer to break it down, so it's it's a longer-lasting uh, fuel, but at the same time, if you throw in a bunch at once, because it takes longer to break down, I've, it can kind of build up. So there are times where I felt like I yeah, my body just wasn't processing it that quickly. So going into this year, I I typically train with Gatorade anyways just because it's cheap, and then I'll <laughs> I'll mix in Guroctane later. Um, but I was like, let's just, you know, all my runs, I feel great on Gatorade. It's, so Gatorade is just sugar and dextrose. Like, it's just simple, simple sugar, essentially, even though it's got a lot of food coloring and citric acid, which that was my uh, other worry with this race. But... Um, but no, I feel like my body just processes it so much more quickly. So, what is the calorie difference between that and Guroctane? Well, that's all up to you, I guess. <laughs> because well, it's a powder, I guess I I, I still put the same the amount of Gatorade. calories. Okay. I'll do two hundred calories per bottle, and then I'll have these little goo flasks um, with two hundred as well. So, I don't know. I I can just handle the sugar overload like the taste i know a lot of people get mm-hmm. really burnt out on that taste um but yeah you don't mind it my body did eventually kind of i feel like my brain was rejecting the really strong gatorade at the mm-hmm. end of this one so going forward I, I don't think i'll do gatorade again but i do think my stomach did so much better because it was just simple sugar instead of a more complex sugar so i'm it still just, trying it, to figure this all out and you know everyone's different and i'm still trying to fine-tune my own I mean, I think it's great that strategy. you cannot get hungry. and Yeah. Because you're still consuming calories. It's just, yeah, yeah. It just messes with my brain. It's, of, it's, I feel it's like a I weird need solid food. thing to think about. You yes. Know, my watch tells me I've burned like 10,000 calories. And, you know, you get hungry, but you just take a, you know. A Big swig. Swig of sugary Gatorade, and it's instantly 
Um, and you have plain water too, to, yes, w- to where you can yeah. offset that if you're just yeah, wanting water. Yeah, and that's water. the thing is I don't, because uh, I have been stuck in races where it's hot and I realize, like, I only have Gurog Tain. And so I always just make sure I do have plain water to kind of take in what I need in the moment. So I've got plain water, you know, my regular concentrated Gatorade, and then a super concentrated Gatorade. So if I need just sugar, I can take the concentrated one. If I need water, I can do that too. But What kind of pack do you wear? Uh, the Solomon Advanced Skin 12. Yeah. Love Same that thing. one. It's, you can stuff everything oh, it's in the world in there. Yeah, it so is comfortable. Great. Yes. And you can yeah. cinch it tight and it doesn't bounce around, but mm-hmm. that's what's nice about it. Okay, so you're running down <laughs> Newberry and you... Come up to you at yes, Curtis, uh, Creek. Curtis Creek. And um, that was right before Snook's Nose. So. Yes, and... Uh, it was, I, I don't even know that we were fully prepared. I mean, Tim had come through, and I mean, we were just standing around, and all of a sudden I see someone coming in, and yeah. I'm like, oh, runner. Oh, gosh. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. ex- expect someone that fast. And so the thought process around where everything was and what everything was, we just didn't have it quite labeled yet of, okay, we've got, um, I don't even know, how do, how do you say the name of that drink? Heil. 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 We had Heil. (laughs) It is a weird name um, for the Mm electrolytes. And then we had water. And this is where I (laughs) tried to sabotage (laughs) Ibox Race. (laughs) I didn't realize I was trying to sabotage it, but he handed me bottles and said one water and one. just well, just water. Well, just water because yeah. you had Gatorade in yeah, one. It was already in it. And I filled it up with um, the Heil instead, <laughs> and didn't realize it until he was gone. And you can ask Tori. Yeah, I was distraught. Oh no! <laughs> because I, I felt like, bad for I you. Have I ruined I, his race. Yeah. No, I realized it was. I was like, I, I don't know when she's gonna realize that happened. Yeah, but yeah, I definitely realized very quickly because. You Suddenly, took my orange flavor had a berry hint to it. <laughs> You're like, what is this? Yeah, I was like, oh no! But did you even drink? Did you? I, so I did, and you just I, slowly I, sipped it. I looked up the Heil nutrition before the race, you know, just in case I needed, like, I could look what it is, and it looked very similar to Roctane. It was maltodextrin uh, for the carb source, and uh, the one that messes up your stomach. Yeah, yeah. If I you know, do too much, but I so I very cautiously sipped. You know, from there, but I, it didn't taste like double sweetened or anything like okay. that. It wasn't as con. The Heil must must not have been as concentrated. As I think the the pitcher that so we had two pitchers, and I thought they both had water in it, because, and mm-hmm. they both looked exactly the same. They were clear, and so, but they. I think um, the captain Jeremy of that aid station had told me that it was a little diluted. Yeah. So that made me feel a little bit better, but. Every part of me wanted to try to chase you up, Snooks, and I would know. I, I was like, I'd never catch him anyway. Uh, <laughs> Just be like, that is not why. And I was like, I, should I try to like text her or something? Like, <laughs> I was like, how many other people are going to get how this How dare you sabotage you know, my race? I truly, I didn't freak out or anything like that. I, I just took, you know, a few sips. And I knew there was a water station fine. at the top yeah. of Snooks. So I was like, okay, he, he'll dump it out and he'll put yeah. regular no, water. It was, but it was fine. Honestly. I kept I, checking that live sh- tracking all yeah. day like okay he's still going no i didn't ruin didn't, his race no it didn't bother me at all okay. and you know i got to change up the taste for a little bit so there you yeah. go yeah. I, you know what that might have been why you did so well yeah, it's just that one little bottle finally give me some variety <laughs> and you were not there very long i mean you just popped in filled up your bottles mm-hmm. with the wrong stuff and yeah. you went on your way 
up Snooks. Yeah. And so super fast. It's kind of the same as Tim. He was very fast, too. Yeah. Um, and it was a while before the other runners started coming in yeah. um, after you, and uh, which was which was awesome just to see you doing so well at that point. You know, you're not very far in. Mm-hmm. I mean, For it sure, sounds yeah. funny. You're you're almost a marathon. Yeah. In, but you're, you, you know, comparatively speaking, you're not that oh, far yeah, no, in. Oh, and, yeah. And Snooks is the start of... Yes. You can't even think what you did before Snooks is hard yet because Snooks is just a punch in the face at yes. mile 24. And We're trying to explain to everybody that comes through, okay, you're you're going to go up Snooks. Yeah. And I know it says 3.4 miles to the next water station, yeah. but it is the slowest. <laughs> mm, it's the steepest <laughs> yes. mile. I think there's like a 1,500-foot mile in the middle of it. It's insane. And, yeah, and it's it was getting warm early, so I, I felt bad for people mm-hmm. behind me because it was only going to be warmer. So. And how did you feel going up Snooks? Great, actually. Yeah. Um, I think I, you know, I love Strava segments. I can compare this year to last year. I went up like four minutes faster on one of the main segments or something, but I didn't feel like it. Um, Last year, I actually was, my stomach was starting to kind of turn on me a little bit. Um, But this year, it was just hot and I definitely was getting thirsty and I couldn't remember if there was water at the top. Because otherwise, it's, you you get to go all the way down Green Knob and it's a while to Neil's. But I get there, and uh, Tara Pruitt was up there with, uh, you know, gorgeous bottle of, like, giant jug of clear <laughs> water. I'm like, yes. Like, filled up and, you know, chugged half my bottle and filled it up again. And, um, did yeah. You, did you need ice at any point? Like, are, what did you do to cool off? Because um, it was getting into the 70s yeah. at this point. So I had my hat that I would just dip in a creek. So okay. I didn't have to do that until – well, there's no water going up Snooks no. anyways. But so – yeah, after that, you go down Green Knob, which is very technical, mm-hmm. steep descent. And there, it's a tricky descent because, you know, for the whole thing, you know, it's like 2,000 feet and, I don't know, 2.2 miles or something. I mean, it is steep, but, like, it's deceiving because there's actually some uphills on the way down. Mm-hmm. So when it's really steep, it's just comically steep. So yes. that's a really tough thing to do right after Snooks. But then you get on the... River Loop and Mountains of Sea Trail, and you get to cruise into Neal's, and then you've you got the run. Forest Road. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little quick break. Uh, but then you hit Mitchell. And uh, and you didn't have any pacers, or did you? No pacers, at, yeah, at just crew. At this point, you get to see your crew at Neal's yeah, saw before Danny you go at Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Okay, saw Danny. Which is great. Yeah, I didn't – I'm trying to think if I – no, we didn't uh, – Danny actually had a navigational issue. She got – she got to Neil's like 10 minutes before I came in. She she nailed it. She did great. She had everything right there. But there was no time to like have a cool – I had this cooler of just ice water in it so I could like, you know, just like cover myself basically with ice, ice water. And uh, so it was a quick stop. Um, but I got everything I needed and, you know, ran down the road and was feeling good. But then I hit Mitchell. And uh, I guess if there was any time, the only point in the race I really had a weird, like, scary low, it was going up Mitchell, where I felt this, like, bonk coming on. But it, it, for whatever reason, it was just, like, a different feeling bonk. Like, I just felt, like, starting to get kind of dizzy. But I just really... So not in your legs. It was more in just the way you felt. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, it was just a bonk, you know, like, um, just getting a little... I guess your body can process that sugar so quick that you do need to stay on top of it and keep a steady drip. So um, I really just slowed down for a few minutes, almost just kind of stood still because, mm-hmm. I mean, M- Mitchell's a five-and-a-half-mile climb, right. 3,700 feet. I mean, it's just not going to stop. So 
I really took it easy, got some calories in, and started to come back to life. But I was very eager for the first creek crossing, and I kind of couldn't I couldn't remember where it was. But, you know, you go from 3,000 feet to almost 7,000 feet. Turns out the first real creek wasn't until 5,000. So I still had to climb 2,000 feet, wanting, like, a reprieve from creek water the whole time. And I finally got to that creek and just dipped my hat in, like, 10 times, just, like, covering myself with, you know, creek, ice-cold creek water. And that was all I needed. It was great. And then from there you go up and it's the temperature's dropping, you know, every step you go up. And it felt amazing. So, so it may not have been calorie issue. It may have just been heat. It could, yeah, possibly. possibly yeah, I mean, it, it was. It wasn't like, you know, so hot. But I mean, when you're, you know, if we were running on flat or easier terrain, it maybe wouldn't be that warm. I mean, but when it's you know mid seventies and you're climbing and you're climbing, and, you know, mm-hmm. and sunny trails. I mean, it's it was actually pretty humid I mean, mm-hmm. from. Yeah. Even down at Curtis Creek, it felt humid to me. Yeah. So. Well, I was happy to not be down at those elevations because right. that's where mm-hmm. I'm sure it was like 80 in the day mm-hmm. or something. But, um, but yeah, got to Mitchell and, you know, the heat was no longer an issue. And Now, did Danny come meet you there too? She, she was, yeah. And, uh, and my friend Miller was helping her along the way. He was kind of, he was there to see Tim um, and pace Tim for a little bit. And, but would, would, wait for me too and uh, help Danny. So it was great for her to have like a crew partner essentially. Mm -hmm. So that was really good. Um, But yeah, I got up to Mitchell and then, yeah, I was able to keep moving fairly well. I think the gap, you know, so the cool thing was finding out the gap on Tim at every step of the way. And, you know, very early on, I think he made it like 15 minutes or something. Um, I got to Neil's, I think it was 18 uh, and then it was like 15 on Mitchell, and I was kind of happy. I was like, wait, I, I had a rough spot, but I gained three minutes. Like, so that was the first, you know, those are the moments that that's all you really need. It's just a little, like, glimmer mm-hmm. of little just hope. keep doing what you're doing, <laughs> yes. you know. Um, but, I, you know, I'm not wishing for him to blow up or anything. Mm-hmm. I want him to have a great race. But at the same time, you know, there's, it's a fun competitive uh, dynamic, and it's fun to hear you made up some time. So, yeah, and then, you know, the super challenging section ensued from there and I get down all the way to Colbert's and um, I think Tim was just running the downhills better than I was all day and he stretched it back to like 22 or something but at Colbert's it was hot Um, that was definitely in sunny in the mid 70s and uh, that's where I came up and just dipped my hat in that ice water cooler Mm -hmm. a ton and just really covered myself with cold water Um, did I joked with Miller. I was like, what is this, Western States? Because I <laughs> had this, Danny got this buff filled with ice ready, like an ice donut basically, put it around my neck and went on my way. And, yeah, again, just a huge reprieve. And That's a great yeah. idea. Oh, it, it's great. And it, it held up. It lasted for a while. And then and then the real reprieve came going up Buncombe where we got our first little rain showers of the day. And Was it, was it heavy rain? No, it was... It was just the most light. welcomed rain I've ever had in a race <laughs> so or refreshing. run. Oh, it was just like a nice little shower. And the first one was so funny because it must have been this like just little cylinder of rain. Like I heard it coming through the trees, like down the mountain. It hits me. It rains for like two minutes. And then I just hear it like go off in the distance, <laughs> like just like a little passing shower. And but that was kind of the warm up. I mean, the next one was, you know, more steady rain. And then going into the night, we got 
real steady rain. So you did. Eventually, I was tired of the rain, but <laughs> but when it was hot and it arrived at the lower elevations, it was great. So. What time do you? What did you get into culverts? You think? Do you even? Know? Yeah. Uh, well, and the other thing was that was because I had my splits from last year. So that, I was really racing myself first and foremost, like you just trying to, to beat myself. And uh, I, was, I got ahead early and kind of maintained for the first half. And so I think I came in about 30 minutes ahead of where I was last year. But let's see, it was probably like 10 and a half hours to Colbert's. And this is like mile 47, 48. Um, so, yeah, it's like 2 in the afternoon. It's heat of the day. Um so you got up to Buncombe Horse. Yeah. Another climb up there yeah, to and the ridgeline. And if I would l- I'd love to like talk about the course to people and like because I mean at this point I know it. I can visualize the whole course in my head yes. like running and I was doing that before the race too, but you you get back on Buncombe and you're set. Like you should be like you've got well in this case we had a little less climbing this year because of pinnacle being taken out, but you know, sixteen or seventeen thousand feet of climbing under under your belt at You've done mile fifty two mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, it's such a tough first half of a race. Um, but when you get up there, you only have like six or seven thousand feet of climbing left for the remaining fifty miles, with a net downhill of four thousand feet. So. Like you've basically made it through all the tough sections, all the technical parts, and now you're on this flat bunkum trail, which it's you know it can be muddy and slower yeah, how was going. Yeah, it this year with the, with the water? I it mean, wasn't that, too it's bad. A wet you know, they put in those little stumps. They last year they put oh. in these little slices of tree stumps, and they're kind of already sinking a little bit, <laughs> but they're still intact. They're and helpful. I was able to. Yeah, I didn't. I stepped in mud like twice, but you know, I didn't. It was never too bad. Okay. Yeah, Buncombe's always wet, even if it hasn't rained. For There's it's like a thousand tiny streams that yeah. that run oh, straight across flat the trail. Roadbed on the side of a steep mountain. That water just hits it and stays there. So, um, but yeah, from there it's 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 time to kind of cruise in my head. I wasn't like pushing or anything more, but it was where I started to kind of like let my brain wake up to like you know a whole new gear. It's like mm-hmm. it's a new chapter of the race. It's time to start running and just grinding and um, got to the next aid station at I think mile 64 or so um, on my watch at least. Now they, they this this was a hiking aid station years prior, but yeah, they, they, they were made able to it get in. Yeah. Year. Yeah. Cause last year, I guess they, the weather oh, was, like destroyed the aid yeah, station or something. It was horrible. Yeah. yeah I felt, felt so, bad so bad for those for, people. Yeah. So they actually were able to get a real truck in this time and had two full tents Um I don't know the volunteer's name, but he had his cat with him. That was pretty cool. It's <laughs> like, I've never seen a cat on an nope. aid station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the cat was like roaming around. Like, <laughs> that was pretty cool. But uh, uh, no, that was great. Um, and then you, yeah, you're just cruising flat miles on Buckham mm-hmm. Horse Trail. And then you turn left and you go down go the mountain down. and mm-hmm. hit the switchbacks and pop out on Tow uh, mm-hmm. River at mile 68 or 69. Or no, sorry. I'm getting ahead. Yeah, yeah. Neil's uh, I don't even know. Yeah, I should know this. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's like 64 at that, at that point. Um, but saw some Because you familiar, hit Salto before you hit Neil's. Neil's, yeah. So I saw some familiar faces and was feeling fresh. And so at that point, I had taken my first caffeine of the day, five-hour energy, you know, took a big swig of that and uh, put on music, which is my... Five-hour energy, huh? Yeah. 
Nice. I never I never use them. I used to drink them a lot, like in college, but <laughs> I don't drink them anymore. But it's convenient. It's you know. It's Did like, they have them there at the A station? You no, no. I purposely them. had one. I bring okay. Them, yeah. Um, no, I'll, I'll take. It's great because I can control the amount, but it's like two hundred and thirty milligrams of caffeine in one of those things, and um, so finally took caffeine you know, hour twelve or so of the race and put on some music and. It just woke me up, and I was pumped. I'm just excited for, you know, see what. It was still light out. This, yeah. it's only twelve. Okay. No, this was, yeah, that was the cool thing about this year's. I didn't get, I didn't have to turn my headlamp till Curtis Creek at mile nice. seventy six or something. So, um, but yeah, I left that the Tow River Station, and oh man, the smoothness of the road. I just remember that, like, because uh, you know. Later, we'll talk about Curtis Creek Road. I mean, it was pouring rain, and it's just oh. rock. It's just uneven. It's hard to kind of find a groove. But Tow River Road was like this buttery smooth <laughs> road, and I was running like you know seven thirty pace or something for a little bit. And I was like amazed. I was like, "How am I miles sixty something in? <laughs> yeah, how do my legs feel this great? I was so excited. This is exactly how I wanted to feel at this point. And uh, do you know how far ahead Tim was at, this at that point? point? Okay, so yeah. Uh, I'd like to say, uh, Tim had stretched the gap a little bit. So he was actually, I think, 33 minutes ahead at the, they call it a Camp Alice aid station, the one before that, mm-hmm. and about 30 minutes at Tow River. So at this point, I'm still thinking, like, I mean, if as long as he, you know, stays strong, like, he's probably got this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I'm going to make up that much time. But at the same time, I'm running, you know, I've got my own personal goals. and still nice to be chasing someone yeah, versus wondering who's behind sure. you. So I really felt great in that moment. I hit the River Loop Trail, which is just kind of a little easy roller coaster mm-hmm. of, you know, not too hard of a trail, but you take that and then you curve around to back to Neal's um, and you get there at mile 68 or 69. And uh, that's where I saw Danny. And this was going to be the last crew spot uh, for us. And Oh, she didn't go to Curtis Creek. No, I, I let it's her. It's such a short little. Yeah. Well, so. Danny's seven months pregnant. You know, going <laughs> she, going into curing me this year. Very pregnant. I I told her, you know, going to this is like I can do this without you. If like whatever you oh. want to do, if you don't feel up for this, if it's too much, the last thing I want to do is put you in an uncomfortable position. You know, position. And so I was like, well, at the very least, we can do like I can manage Curtis Creek. You know, it's eight miles forest road. Like like you go home, try to get some sleep. I mainly I need a ride to the start and a ride from the finish. Like, I definitely <laughs> as long need, as you can I do need that. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so we, uh, you know, let her off of her crew duties at that point, but it was a great, you know, final sighting and time to spend together. And, um, but from there you go up, uh, Neil's Creek and, uh, I love talking to Sam about this cause when he did his 2019 race, which was the course record, he, he says he ran every step of Neil's Creek hmm. and I started running up it and I was like, actually, this actually feels good. Like, um, but at some point, I was like, I don't need to run this whole thing. <laughs> so I started power walking, and this was a cool moment. So I, the previous two races, I've carried my poles the whole time. And last year, it was because they were rusted shit, or like they oh, rusted gosh. clothes. So I didn't even try to come up with a way to stow them away. But Last year? Last year, they yeah. <laughs> they and did. I tried to like bust them open to break down again, and I broke them. Oh. So I finally had to buy new poles this year. But... The good thing about that was I figured out how I could stash them away, and I ended up going with, like, the quiver yes. on my back. Love love mm-hmm. that thing. Um, so the poles were really crucial from Snook's 
through Buncombe, basically, that middle. So you pulled him out at Snooks before? Yeah, before that was the first time I pulled him out. And then I stashed him away on Buncombe Horse Trail, and I I think I maybe took him out. Actually, I honestly don't think I did. Uh, I'm trying to remember. But really used him for that middle 50K where, you know, in that 30 miles, you're doing half of the races climbing, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, you know, this is where, like, my you know, my walks with my dog come in handy because, like, we're just going up the road and I really practice my, like, you know, old lady arm swings, as I say. <laughs> you know, I picture myself holding little weights just like, poof, poof. <laughs> and I've really been practicing walking at, like, a, you know, 12, 13-minute pace. And wow. I was going up Neil's and looked down at my watch and I'm walking at, like, a 13, 30 pace. And I just couldn't do that with poles. I've, I've finally got the confirmation that, like, poles are kind of a hindrance mm-hmm on an easy road like grade like that. Yeah, I, I tend to kind of rely on them too heavily and use them kind of as crutches. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'd practice this in training with like arm swings and just really like quick pumps, like fast cadence power walking. I'm taking And notes. it was it felt great. Like I felt like I was flying up the mountain. And it was, you know, if I was running I would have only been going like a minute per mile faster, maybe. So mm-hmm. that was really Cool moment because then I got up to the top of Neil's and then you've got the long down. yeah five mile descent down to Curtis Creek. Um, so, and that's a point where last year I just was not running well down it, but this year I and your legs felt strong. Nope, pretty any, strong. Any soreness anywhere? Definitely. I mean, soreness early on. Um, had some like knee pain early on, but a lot of that I think was electrolyte based. So I took a lot more electrolyte like capsules this time around. Mm. And I think that definitely helped like keep cramps away and stuff. How so, often would you take those? Um, I don't even know the milligrams of like salt in them. I know some people are like very specific about mm-hmm. their sodium intake, but you know, I'm getting plenty of salt from the Gatorade and mm-hmm. that drink. So basically would just take one of those capsules like every 45 minutes to an hour or so. Starting um, from the beginning of the race? Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, okay. um, I, I really have come to appreciate the benefit of that. If, if it's going to be really hot and humid, more more or less, like the more you're sweating, the more, because, you know, I'm drinking so much water, and, I mean, I'd love to know how many gallons of water I drank <laughs> in this race, probably like five or six. or Which kept you going. Yeah, um, but if you drink too much water and you're not taking in that sodium, you're it's just a kind of flushing your system, I guess. So. so you obviously felt like you weren't getting enough just from the Gatorade itself. So you yeah. took those. Okay. Yeah. So there's moments where if you feel like you're cramping or sore, um, it's, again, it's more just by feel and my experience over the years where I just kind of had this intuition that like, that's probably what I should do. Because on the flip side, I've always been afraid of taking in too much sodium mm-hmm. and swelling up like a balloon. Like, <laughs> so, uh, but no, that definitely helped. So my legs, Really were feeling great, like, the back half of the race. But I was just, you know, still very tired, you know. I mean, you've been pushing for so long. But I was able to run pretty well down Curtis Creek. Do you even know what your pace was at that um, point? Like down? mid to high eights. So right. not, I'm not flying, but, mm-hmm. you know, moving well. Moving well. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. I, for for, for you, I maybe it, not. <laughs> yeah, if I did it fresh, I guess. I mean, it's a yes. very, it's a perfect downhill grade, you know, where you can, if I was fresh, it'd be letting loose more. So I'm still trying to push as best I can, but it was pouring rain, very oh, okay. muddy trail, uh, or sorry, road. How long had it, had it been pouring? 
Um, it really picked up at Neil's, and then it basically rained on me all the way through mile like ninety. And it was a heavy rain. Pretty heavy, Pretty yeah. Heavy. Moderate, no thunder or anything, but just consistent rain. rain. And I didn't didn't really get cold or anything until I finally got back up to about five thousand feet and finally pulled out my rain jacket and threw it on and warmed up. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you'd already been dumped on for yeah, so long. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, mainly just to, just to get it warm. traps your body heat and, because, uh, yeah, it warmed me up and within minutes and I was able to take it back off. But, you know, more, but for the rest of the day, I was just running through the rain. Um, but, yeah, I get to Curtis Creek and uh, my friend Miller was there. He had just paced Tim from Neils to Curtis and then Tim was going on uh, unpaced from there for the last 24 miles. And Miller was great. He's, I think he's even like filming like some of the race. I think oh, he's, he's yeah, going to be putting yeah. together a cool video. I'm excited to see. And uh, But he was great at, you know, he's helping Tim, but he's also helping me. He's just cheering for both of us and, you know, giving me the scoop on how Tim's looking. And I think at that point I was 25 minutes back. So, so you had gained a more, little bit. Yeah. More or less like held steady, like behind mm-hmm. him um, from Colbert's. Uh, but then, yeah, we run. It, Miller ran for me with just a little bit, so I guess that's the first time I've ever had a pacer how for far like did half, he go? half a mile or so. Oh, half a mile. <laughs> it maybe maybe that. I don't know if you count that yeah, as a pacer, yeah. but it was kind of nice. I was like, hey, this is kind of nice to talk to someone <laughs> during my race. Oh, this is what it's yeah. like. <laughs> um, but yeah, you go down the road a little bit, turn right on a Newberry Creek, and mm-hmm. that's where I expected to start walking. But I just kind of ran until I felt like I shouldn't run anymore, and it's pretty low gradient for a while. I know it's road just road until it turns a trail i think i walked that in downtown. yeah no i did last year it's just, for sure yeah it's not I steep hate but at that though. point in the race it's just long it's like it's so going long. up mount everest mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so i ran a good bit of that That's and amazing. uh until i got to the trail and then finally i realized like you still got 20 miles to go like don't yeah don't push it <laughs> too fast too early that's great you were able to run though yeah it was uh, really eye-opening and uh but I, I was feeling fairly rough when I get to the parkway, and uh, I, it's so funny. A car pops up when I get on the parkway, and this I don't know what time. It's already like 11 p.m., and I can't, I think it was, yeah, some friends were in a car. I, I, I can't remember who all was in the car, but this car pops up. They're like, Jonathan? Like, <laughs> they didn't like, even know great. you were? No, they, they were like, is that Jonathan? I was like, yeah. They're like, you're doing great. And I was like, and they drive away. And it turns out they were heading off to go sweep part of the course, but that was just so random that, like, <laughs> You know, it's kind of a little boost. To, yeah, I was like, cool. Uh, but it's raining, it's foggy. Um, lots of critters were out. Like, there's so many salamanders on the trail coming up, which is fitting. No hellbenders, obviously, <laughs> but um, like all these mice running around. Oh, was, wow. Yeah. I yeah. Did oh, they're funny. That. They see you and they just like, <laughs> like, and uh, yeah, hop over the guardrail and then you run down the top of mm-hmm. Tow River Road and it's a very short descent like a mile and I get to that aid station and uh, the mountain running company they were running that one and they tell me he just came in 12 minutes ago and I'm like 12 mm. minutes like no way like he's like yeah 12 minutes he looks at his watch I'm like oh my god like I gotta go try to get him gotta and, go uh, at that point I was just like content with like it's so funny you know the I'm definitely competitive, but mm-hmm. in those moments, it just it almost feels silly. I'm like, what am I gonna do? Like, catch him and blow by him or something? Like, what? Like, like I don't even. Right. I'm like, I, don't, I want him to win at this point. Like, I don't know. It was like, it's like this, he's been ahead the whole time. Yeah, Let him win. Like, I don't want him to like 
yeah, lose at mile 95 or something, which is what I thought almost happened to me last year. But uh, so, so yeah, I go up Baldron Ridge and it's not steep, but you know, I just I maybe broke out the poles for that one because it's it was just steep enough to break them out. But uh, get and to the top, never ending trail. I yeah. feel like it's a never ending trail. Yeah. At least it it's felt like that way. It's like two miles, but it's not, <laughs> it, just, it feels longer than that. Yes. And then, yeah, pop over the parkway and I grabbed some water and uh, yeah, you hit the toll road and then get on heartbreak. And that's where I, I was like, this is where everything I visualized, you know, finishing hard and strong, like, this is where I want to do it. And I just forced a run and, you know, I was running, you know, I run a crazy fast. I mean, I was doing mm-hmm. like 11 minute pace or something, mm-hmm. but last year I was stumbling out at probably 14 minute pace. Mm-hmm. So I knew I was going so much faster than last year. And so that felt great. And, you know, that's times I felt like I was flying. I'm like, I got to be going like eight minute pace. And I look down and it's like, no, still 11. But that's, that's good. That's good. As long as you're feeling yeah, like you're flying. You feel like you're flying. Yes. It's in the dark. The trees are flying by in your headlamp. And, um, but yeah, I just steadily made my way down to Jared Creek Road. And, uh, this is where last year I was very naive because I had actually never been on Jared Creek Road because it wasn't part of the course mm-hmm. first year. And, um, there's actually 700 feet of uphill in those last like yeah. seven miles. It's like, like up and then down. Before then you up, finally down. descend the last three. Mm-hmm. And I was well aware of it this time and hit the last aid station. I got a little top off of fluids and started kind of jogging up the road and um, and doing, you know, my arm swing power walks like I was talking about and just moving well. And uh, I, but I still was like, trying to remember, I was looking at my elevation on my watch. I'm like, there's 700 feet of uphill still. Like, I've done 600. Like, I know there's one more hill around the corner here. And it turns out that there wasn't. I was actually at the final three miles three of the miles. course. And it just felt great at that point. I was like, I, I don't think Tim's, you know, in reach. It's fine. I don't see any headlamps or anything. And But I just let loose and, you know, again, felt like I was flying. But, you know, I'm just kind of probably running like nine, ten-minute pace. Mm-hmm. And, Finally hit that trail to Camp Greer, and we had a little different trail this year. It's a little oh. windier. It's still like less than a mile or something, but it was surprisingly difficult. It was just kind of rolly, and uh, but then saw the lights. You know, you start to see buildings again. You see mm-hmm. the lights of the camp, and um, yeah, let out a little holler to let them know uh, you're let coming. People know I'm coming, mm-hmm. and then you hear the cheers, and it's just like just fist pumps and just like <laughs> so elated because I realized what my time was going to be and. It just went as well as I wanted it to go, and and I, yeah, had this feeling during the race, and I can still say it like second place this year, running the race I dreamed I could do is way better than winning last year, where I quietly was disappointed. Right. I didn't let people know. I'm like, I won the race. I'm super happy about it. That, but I I knew how much I could improve, and it was really awesome to actually do it. So. And Tim was there at the finish, and uh, it turns out when I was 12 minutes back, I guess I was close enough for him to hear the cheers down at the aid station, mm-hmm. and that lit a fire in him. So <laughs> like, finally he got moving. to use that info of how close a competitor mm-hmm. was to... Just from hearing the yeah, cheers. So he actually flew down the mountain, so <laughs> so he opened the gap, gap back up to like 25 minutes. So, so what down. time did you cross the line? What time was that? In the night, or yeah, um, like one forty-five, okay. yeah. And who was it? Was anybody at the finish line that 
you knew? Did yeah, so... Um, is that us all your dog? Possibly? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Danny had Kai, my dog, Aww. and uh, let him loose, and he ran up to me before I entered the little chute, and he jogged in, which is pretty fitting. He's he's my real training yes, partner. Yes, he is. So, oh, yeah. So that was pretty awesome, and, you know, immediately get a hug and kiss from Danny, and, um, yeah, and Carrie, and uh, Craig Peterson were there, mm-hmm. and... Just so grateful for them and the mm-hmm. team behind, behind Hellbender because, yeah, they there were some ups and downs, I know, with getting the race organized, yes. and they made it still happen. And, like, it's such a crazy team effort, and I'm so grateful they got they to put to it on. It seemed to go very smoothly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think they I had know. the most people um, finish the race this year. Oh, wow. And, yeah, I haven't gotten I, I think to see I, the results yet. But. I think someone posted something about that. Like wow. 75% of the nice. runners yeah. came through. So, Yeah, I mean, as hot as it was in parts, I mean, I still think it was it was a great weather year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, the rain wasn't so heavy that it was scarier. Like, it wasn't lightning. It wasn't, lightning. It wasn't crazy mm-hmm. windy. Um, so it was manageable. Um, but, yeah, it was special. I got to hang out with Tim and uh, his How long did you stay crew. there? Uh, probably like 30 minutes and, uh, yeah, the, I was definitely pumped and excited, but you know, even as caffeinated as I was, like, yeah, you start Starts to realize to set in. <laughs> and I wanted to, for Danny, I wanted to get her home. Like, like you need all the sleep you can get too. That's so right. yeah, I was, uh, I made it home by 3 a.m. or something and sh- showered real quick and hopped into bed, caught a little bit of sleep again and it's, yeah, it's been okay. two days, but I'm. Mostly caught up on sleep and legs are feeling pretty good. So now, what about when you cross the line? You've not had any solid food, yeah, according to you. Yeah, and so do you get? Are you ravenous at any point, or did you eat and not eat until you woke up the next morning? No, I, I did want some food, okay. but I was actually did want like a meal, but there wasn't really anything available as there shouldn't be. I mean, no one's that should be reserved <laughs> for when the bulk the of people are coming in. Mm-hmm. And, um. But, uh, no, I had, like, a Danny was able to get me, like, a little chocolate bar or something. Oh. Yeah. Went home and, uh, yeah. Woke up. I mean, the next morning, yeah, we got, like, you know, Biscuit Head locally. We got it, like, delivered. Oh, my gosh. Like, so good. Fried chicken and big old biscuit, like, so many cheesy eggs. And, I'm probably so hungry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just no, the whole week after the race, it's like, when I get to eat, it's like, it's like a... Beast. <laughs> like <laughs> starving yeah. for yeah pizza last night and, <laughs> um and yeah throughout like uh i did have a protein shake i think the night before i went it's to bed i really good, mixed good those in this training block and i truly think those um have helped with recovery mm-hmm. i really implemented them the weeks before the race and like as well as my legs feel now i, I think there's a lot to be said about that too so i just i you know, you talk about how you're running down Curtis Creek, and and I just Curtis Creek for me was when my calves were yeah. on fire, and I, it was disappointing to not be able to run on a downhill because you just you yeah. want to be able to even let gravity take over and just go. But it was so hard for me to to run because my calves were hurting so bad. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's these little salt pills yeah. <laughs> I need to take or something. Yeah, no, it's that, and then you just have to. That's what's fun about these things is each one you learn a new lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, and my two DNFs like have given me the most valuable lessons mm-hmm. from both. Like, um, and I'm like, you know, proud of those DNFs. Like, I put myself out there; it didn't go well, but like, 
I, you know, want to go back and, you know, maybe not the same exact race browser has been probably, but, um, but I'm excited to go back and, you know, conquer that failure, you know, personally. Mm -hmm. And, um, but when things do go really well, like Hellbender did this year, it's just like, it's so nice to get to reflect on everything you've done and, you know, how far you've come. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I guess I've been doing ultras for almost 11 years now Mm -hmm. and I've, you know, did it very, not very seriously the first five years or so, but the last last five, uh, it's kind of just become more and more of my world and mm-hmm. getting to just connect with more and more people and you and all the B groupers mm-hmm. and just having more friends now. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, Tim who won the race and my friend Miller, like, and a couple other guys around my Did age. Did you know Tim before? L- luckily because of Miller. Like, he connected us and we went for a run. Is he from, he's, he just moved, he just here, moved here from out west, I think in, Colorado. So he has that um, kind of training. Yeah, but he hadn't raced in like three or four years, wow. and he'd only done 100, so I, I really didn't know what to expect. Impressive. But his training was impeccable. Like He really focused on this race and deserved every bit of the win and great finish he had. So And Carl came in third, right? Um, I'm not totally sure. I think someone did. I think he did. Someone was ahead of him. I think he was oh. maybe fourth or fifth. Oh, um, okay. A lot of people finished in the... 24-hour range this year. So I'm excited to see the results. Um, It was kind of a fast year, and um, it's not like the course was any easier, really. It's just, yeah, so. I think weather definitely helped, too. So um, so how how did you get into running? Did you, were you a runner when you were in school? Um, Did you enjoy running? Yeah. um, It's kind of a funny story because I, you know, I can go all the way back to elementary school, I wear, and even like my family, I'm the youngest of six kids. Wow. Like I grew up in a very competitive environment where I was, you know, the smallest and the youngest. So I didn't win. Like I, I couldn't beat my brother at basketball or any, you know, <laughs> I, so it kind of just maybe lit this fire early on to like keep getting better. And, um, but all the way back in elementary school, you know, we would do the yearly PE run and I really, uh, a few years I was like the fastest kid in the grade and you know all the other kids don't care but like I care <laughs> and I improved my mile time like year to year and you would uh, run a mile for PE yeah we had yeah I had to do a required mile mile run mm-hmm. and uh going all the way to middle school I, I did track um and I kept thinking of myself as like a miler like a long distance runner but even then I was doing like long jump and the four by 200 relay and Going into high school, I did track all four years in cross country the last three years. But as it turns out, I really did not enjoy cross country and like running over a mile. Hmm. Like, and we had a great program, like an awesome coach. Um, and where was this? Where'd you go? Uh, Myers Park in Charlotte. in Charlotte. So I grew up in Charlotte. And uh, yeah, but I just, I didn't love cross country, but I loved track. And that same coach, Coach Klein, uh, shout out to him. <laughs> Every year, this, but uh, he's he was like an ECC champion in cross country. He could still beat all of us, like even yeah, long <laughs> after his glory days. But um, he randomly suggested I try pole vaulting, and oh. I was like, pole vaulting? Like I don't. Um, but long story short, that ended up being my most successful event. I got like fifth in the state my last year, and. Um, Almost did it in college, but when I got to college, I wanted a break from athletics. And um, 
Yeah, I was a four by four runner. So and so I was a sprinter and a pole vaulter in high school. Didn't love running long distance. Pole vaulting just seems frightening to me. Yeah. Oh, it would I frighten mean, me now. Like being <laughs> seventeen and fearless and jumping like fourteen feet in the air. Like I can't imagine I, doing it. Just, when you get up there, I mean, how do you not just fall back down uh, to the ground? It happened a couple times. It did. Okay. Yeah. So it one, does happen. One time I even missed the mat in oh. front of a bunch of people and scared the crap out of them. And, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, being young and naive and fearless back then, I would never try well, it. Now. Sure, I'll try it. So, but yeah, I go into college and um, went to App State, opened Boone. And because I love the mountains, um, I'd gotten into backpacking in high school. Would occasionally go up and spend week or days in the mountains and um, just fell in love even more with the mountains and hiked all the time, really learned the mountains around Boone and Grandfather Mountain and uh, Limbo Gorge. and But trail running wasn't even it wasn't even remotely on my radar. And this is too, you know, I went up there in 20 or 2008 and, uh, I got a geology degree and the last thing I had to do for that degree was take this six week field camp where you go out and do a bunch of mapping and it's kind of the culmination of your degree and everything. And I had to do it with a different school. So I'm out with Illinois state university and Wyoming and South Dakota. And we're doing this mapping and stuff. And I just, Happened to bring a book with me, and it was Born to Run. Oh. And this was 2012. And I'm reading this book, you know, out in these beautiful western mountains, and it just made me want to run out the door. <laughs> and I kind of did. I went for a run in the Bighorn Mountains where there's grizzlies. I think I went like a quarter mile off the road and was like, okay, let's go back to camp. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, those were my first runs where, like, immediately I was, like, doing things on my terms, you know, not doing these – super tough workouts. I just immediately fell in love with it and got back to Boone and started trail running and would just do loops around there. And uh, my brother and I were, he ironically read Born to Run at the same time and we got into it together and we did a half marathon that October. And right after it, I signed up for the the old Table Rock 50 miler, Ah. which was basically gravel roads around Mm -hmm. Little Gorge. And he looked at me and he was like, F you. Like he, he, uh, he's like, I got to sign up for it too. So he did it with me and that's great. Still trying to get him back to another um, ultra, but that's still the only one he's done. Does he still run? No, he, he's done some like Spartan races okay. and stuff. I know. Mm-hmm. If he hears this, I hope he uh, <laughs> finally wants to get back out there. This will motivate him. Yeah. But he's actually expecting a baby too. This is cool. Oh. They're uh, eight weeks behind us. It's going to be pretty awesome. That is awesome. Little cousins coming yes. up together. Play together. So, but, uh, but yeah, did that and it went well. I mean, that was in December of 2012. And from there, I, I did another 50 mile in the next year, but just kind of did one a year or so until um, 2016. I, Started doing more races, and then 2017, I finally did my first 100, which was so Ben Hody. when did you move to Asheville? Um, 2013. Yeah, right after Boone came And that here. was for what reason? Just Really just, uh, I just wanted to stay local to my family. We've got a, a beautiful big family, mostly based in North Carolina, and I wanted to stay close, but I wanted to stay in the mountains. And my sister, who lives in Colorado now, she was living here at the time. I uh, had a cousin here. Um, it was just a logical transition and I mean, fell in love with it and yeah, over all the years, I mean, I feel like I've 
still probably, you know, I still have some trails I need to explore, but I mean, I feel like I've touched every inch of trails in mm -hmm. an hour radius. Um, and it's just a perfect area to, you know, be a trail runner. And, and you started running with B Group. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably 2016, I'd say, or, okay. yeah. And that was really my first group runs. Um, I just had always kind of run solo and hardly knew any other ultra runners. But I always loved going to races because of the community, and it was always just a party. And um, <laughs> so to finally get to know people and, you know, join them on their adventures or, you know, pace pitch some pitchel attempts and stuff like yes. that, like, um yeah, I felt like I was just finally getting rooted in the community. And then, yeah, over the years, it's just happened more and more. And now, I mean, running Hellbender, it's so special. I mean, every aid station, it's like you get to see someone you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I love the community and being a part of it. It's, it is an amazing community. Mm -hmm. So next up is Baby. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what you're having? A boy? baby boy. Baby yeah. boy. Okay. Mm -hmm. I won't ask you the name. Yeah, no worries. Just we're keep still, it to yourself. We're still deciding anyway. Still deciding. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wait till he comes. And yeah, I know. They're going to, when we try to leave the hospital and they're like, sign this <laughs> paper now. He needs a name. But <laughs> it's That's a tough one. Yeah. But So when when is the due date? Uh, July 9th. And how's mm -hmm. she feeling? She's feeling great. Good. She's been doing wonderful. I mean, very smooth pregnancy so far. I mean, it's mm -hmm. our first and our, our, our first and... Um, how do you feel about being a dad? Super excited. I mean, I know I feel like I've been naive because I feel like it's just it's gonna be so doable and fun. And I'm like, you know, people try to scare you with like how hands-on it'll be the first two months. And I'm sure I'm being naive and it's gonna be overwhelming at times, but like I just can't imagine what it's like to hold my own and uh, I can't wait for that. It's pretty amazing. Feeling. Yeah, you yeah. would know for sure. I mean <laughs> yeah. but it's it's different for everybody, yeah. but you're gonna be, you're gonna be ready because yeah, nobody's really ever ready, mm -hmm. and you're you're gonna be a great dad. So. Yeah, and Danny's such a great teammate and partner, and um, it's really great. We get to be home a lot, and you know I love that. Neither of us have to we we don't have a regular day job, so we don't have to leave the house. You know, for extended periods of time, we'll be able to you know tag team it as best we can, mm -hmm. and. So yeah, helpful. It's going to be super fun. So, any races on the horizon that you're thinking of, or no? Just... I well, I yeah, I'm thinking all the way to like next year. I don't, you know, yeah, not this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, just... I've like I'm going to still run and of course you know, stay in shape, but like it's nice to have no pressure of any race. But you know, I can't help but think about what's next. And I've already told Danny about a race like like the Black Mountain Monster. Where oh you, know, you just run yeah it's five twenty four hours twenty four hours and you know you set up a tent sounds miserable <laughs> it's probably miserable but you know we're fifteen minutes from it and I'm oh. like you and the baby could just like come and go you can go home you can go to sleep like I'll still be out there and it's like how could you know how could I still run a hundred miles or something without like requiring Danny to crew and yeah going too there. far yeah. and it, so yeah I, I think a race like Hellbender logistically like I'm okay putting that kind of you know in the you know putting it aside for now but I at the same time I know we'll be excited for adventures out west or you know I do tell Danny about some of these races and like the Madeira Islands or like oh, tell her about UTMB and I'm like I don't it might not be for five or ten years but like one what day a dream I, though yeah definitely want to do some bigger you know world-renowned races mm -hmm. so 
Hard to get into sometimes, but yes. if anybody can, yeah. you can. So I'm yeah. so excited for you and your oh, baby. You. That's a great oh, next too. adventure to have. For sure. So. No, and this was more, it was def- oh, it was a celebration for sure. It was like I scratched the itch of, you know, a big adventure where now I'm like content. Now you're ready. Don't need <laughs> to like, because running, you know, my worry is that like running getting in the way of things sometimes. And so it's always nice to feel, yeah just focused on what's more important, and mm-hmm. that's the baby right now. So, I'm sure Kai's excited. Oh, yeah. He, he has no clue what's does, going on. Does but. he <laughs> even, like, hint around at, okay, something's happening? Uh, no, I don't think he has any idea. No. He, oh, and our cat, she's probably going to be even more <laughs> shocked. I don't think I realized you had a cat. Yeah, we so. have a cat. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love her. <laughs> She'll be more jealous of yes. the baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Kai will be yeah. more excited about the baby. For sure. Oh, <laughs> but Kai's going to love Yes, he loves he loves kids, especially because they're like eye level. He'll like walk <laughs> walk right up to their face and lick them. Cause lab lab right? mm-hmm. okay. mostly yeah, or he's mostly a little lab. bit of a mix. So. Well, I love all your videos with him running with oh, you, thanks. and it's it's oh, awesome. He's my buddy. I mean, I'm, he's a great training partner and helps me run easier. And yes. you know, we go to Shope Creek. That's like our trail haven around here and mm-hmm. um, all the secret trails all the secret trails mm-hmm. and um won't give water spots so yeah it's yeah it's a great place hard to even learn the trails there's no map or anything really no you just bushwhack your way yeah, <laughs> up yeah. the mountain so any any leaving thoughts of advice for for anybody that's going through you know maybe it is a race that they have coming up or you know is there anything that you tell yourself or um, just that that keeps you going or advice that you have for anybody that might be trying something that's super challenging. Yeah, I think, I mean, as the as best you can, try to keep it fun and do something that you're going to love the process of doing. And, um, I, you know, I love Hellbender because, like, first and foremost, I love to be out in the woods and see great scenery and see wildlife. So it's it's an opportunity to be out there and just see so much and take in the world and just like um, reflect on your life and be grateful for things. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I want it to be fun. I, I never want it to feel like a chore or an obligation or something I have to do or. Um, that takes the fun out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just enjoy it. Do, you know, um, I'm not coached. I, I will say I'm actually looking into becoming a coach soon, which oh, I'm excited for. Great. And I'm excited to just motivate people and help show them that you don't have to do what other people are doing training-wise. You can do more with less, um, and you can, you know, yeah, do what you enjoy more. If it's going for a walk around the neighborhood or getting in the woods, whatever whatever's more fun to you, I think you'll get more benefit out of mm-hmm. versus doing you know, you know, what workouts are great or whatever, but like if you're hating it, like, you know, don't put as much emphasis on those kind of things. Um, yeah, find what you love and cherish and try to do that as much as you can. So best way to enjoy life, right? For sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting with me yeah, today. Thanks for it having was, me. It's it been was a pleasure. Awesome that you were able to do this so soon after, oh, thanks. Yeah. after the run. Some and sleep and good to go. So. Yes, and just go eat some more after yes, this. Yes, more so. food. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Facing Vert. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please like, follow, and share with your friends. 
You can also find us on Instagram at FacingVert. If you'd like to reach out to me, message me there. I hope to see you at the top of the mountain.